0: like marriage and divorce, kids in college, Show that past performance is not indicative of future results thanks for tuning in
1: thank you mrs mcnamara this is uh, pat haridan from gallagher benefits are
2: you not allowed to call her by your first name what, or are you I, just I, being
1: polite? I'm very, being very polite okay. and, and respectful. Right. I would never call yes. Mrs. McNamara by her first name. She's a very nice lady. Yes, she yes. Act- absolutely is. Yes. Um, so uh, Mike is off, obviously, today. My guest is uh, Jim Bedreau, who's the town administrator in Situate. Um, we're talking about the budget and some um, town meeting stuff. Uh, Annie called in from Hummerock, so if you'd like to call in and have... You invite jim to your house like annie did uh phone number 781-837-4900 um one of the things i want to get to because if we get jammed up at the end jim do you
2: require food jim i, I used to but i've been on okay. a diet since the start oh, of the year all right so perfect the, the re, you know the requirement <laughs> for right. cookies has kind of gone at okay this
1: point. All, right. all right so if you want him to Great. look at your you know sidewalks your your seawalls uh, be happy to do that. But it, it, to be honest with you, uh, knowing Jim for a number of years, I, I've seen him more now uh, on TV than I have uh, in the time that he was working with me in Norwell. Um, and one of the things, Jim, you mentioned it, but I want to talk about it because in case we get tied up at the end, uh, talk about a little bit about the parade in situate uh, tomorrow. Give people the facts.
2: So the parade's awesome. Uh, I think it's the largest parade outside of Boston. Uh, on the Irish Riviera, the most Irish town in America, Situate, Mass. <laughs> kicks off at one o'clock from the old Gate School. It goes right down First Parish, turns left on Front Street and goes to the uh, the business district down there. It's a great family event. Um, you know, everybody loves a parade and I think the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Situate is the best one around. Uh, I think it's better than Boston. Uh, so if people want to bring their kids, their family, Again, it's a great time. Uh, we encourage you to park That's at the awesome. Greenbush Train Station, and, and we'll uh-huh. have shuttle buses down there to the uh-huh. center, um, or, or you know, have your friends. and uh, It seems like every house along the parade route has everybody <laughs> over, so it's just a great family day. Uh, Eddie Kelly does a, a magnificent job putting everything together and running that. So uh, you know, really, it's going to be a nice day. It's going to be not too cold. It's going to be sunny, so it's a perfect day to come, enjoy the parade, and and celebrate your Irish heritage or just celebrate in general. And obviously, frequent the Situate establishments after, before, and after the parade. Well, we want you to frequent the Situate establishments all, all the, the time. <laughs> uh, we have some great restaurants, great, uh, great little shops, and, and businesses. So, uh, you know, shop local.
1: Yeah, and I just looked. Uh, none of us. Well, uh, no, you don't. None of us What's have green on, um, Jim. Because t- it's
2: tomorrow. I know. But well, one, it's radio, so no one knew i didn't wear green until you told everybody. And, uh, I know. and two, it's tomorrow, so I'll have my green on tomorrow when i march in the parade. Yes, uh, I still
1: get cards from my mother because it's my namesake, St. Patrick's Day. It's my namesake day, which I didn't think they made a card for, but they do. Make a card for everything. They do. Um, So, (laughs) Situate Parade uh, tomorrow. Um, I think Jim's right. Uh, My daughters are going into Boston, but um, I would definitely, if I was going, I would go to Situate instead. A couple of other announcements. Um, So, we get to them uh, next week on Saturday, March Twenty-third. For those of you thinking about a reverse mortgage, uh, Mike will be back and he'll be joined by David Turtelot of Homestead Mortgage to answer your questions about a reverse mortgage. Again, that's next Saturday, March 23rd, 8 a.m. WATD. Also, uh, McNamara Financial is holding a Social Security seminar in April. So save the date. It is on Tuesday, April 30th at 6.30 p.m., at the Caskin flagon on Plain Street in Marshfield, uh, call McNamara Financial on Monday at 781-834-2010 to register. Again, a good event if you're, um, even if you're on Social Security, but if you're close to Social Security, thinking about retiring or want to learn more, uh, very good event, uh, Tuesday, April 30th, 6.30, Casken and Flagon, um please register uh, by calling McNamara Financial at 781-834-2010. The other dates that I wanted to um, make people aware of, and again, we're talking, uh, Jim and I both live in Norwell, and, and Jim's the town administrator in Citra, so we're focusing on them, but you should all participate in your town meeting and town elections. They're typically held in April and May of every year because the fiscal year starts in July. So in um, Norwell, uh, the special and annual, if you've been listening, you know what the difference is. They're on the same night. Um, the special and annual town meeting will be at the Norwell Middle School, which is on at 328 uh, Main Street on May 6th at 7.30 PM. Uh, the annual town election will also be at the Norwell Middle School on May 18th. So again, May 6th for town meeting it starts then it may last uh, two nights um, but the first night is May 6th at 7.30 and the elections are May 18th um, uh, at Norwell Middle School uh, in order to participate and vote at either of the um, town meetings or the election you need to be registered uh, to vote um, and this is a, you only have to go to register to vote in Norwell uh, if you have moved within the town you don't have to but if you've Move to town, you do. Um, The town clerk's office at Norwell Town Hall. What's the address to the town hall? 345? Yeah, 345 Main Street. 345 Main Street, Norwell Town Hall. Tuesday, April 16th, the town clerk's office will be open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. If you want to register to vote uh, in the, and participate in the annual town meeting and the annual election, uh, April 16th is the deadline. You need to be registered uh, in Norwell in order to vote and participate in town meeting. And then on Friday, April 26th, uh, the town clerk's office will be open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for voter registration for the special town meeting. That's the meeting that's held right before the annual. If you uh, wish to participate in the special town meeting, you must be registered to vote by that date. So basically be registered to vote um, primarily by April 16th to participate in the May town meeting or May election. And Jim, what are the dates? I know you've got a couple of different things going on. What are the dates in situate?
2: Uh, Again, the regular special annual town meeting is going to be April 8th. That'll be the budgets and the reconciliation for the current fiscal year. And then uh, we will have a special town meeting all by itself on May 13th, just to consider the senior center project. And that will be followed up by the town election on May 18th. And
1: um, so the annual town election will include not
2: only the um, question about the senior center, but the normal town the election. normal town election. And there is a vacancy on the Board of Selectmen. Uh, the current chairman, John Danahy, is announced he will not be running. I know there's several people who have taken out papers for that seat, so you'll have a contested election and a ballot question. Well, the other question I was going to ask you, Jim, because I know we have a couple in um, in Norwell,
1: is, you know, if people want to participate in government, there's always uh, vacancies on um, certain boards or committees. Do you guys publish that
2: on your uh, on the Situate website? Yeah, we keep it on the website, a list of available committees, and, and we have a committee list. Uh, that you can fill out, check off those committees that you wish to be assigned to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we get that to whoever the appointing authority happens to be. Uh, If it's the selectman, they will bring you in and interview you during a selectman's meeting and then decide whether or not to appoint you to that particular committee. Uh, But a lot of the work of town government is done by volunteers, is done by these boards, committees and commissions. Uh, We can't get our jobs done without them. So uh, if you have a particular interest, a particular talent, (laughs) <laughs> uh, that you think would be helpful to the town, uh, or you're just interested and in, in want to participate, then you should uh, get to our website or get to the Selectman's office and ask for a list of the vacancies or uh, just ask for a committee list and what they do and we can provide that and you can see what uh, what strikes your fancy. And also too, as you hopefully participate
1: in town meeting, just like Annie, um, you know, if there are things that you would like done in your, uh, either in your entire community, your neighborhood, um, you need to be in, get involved. Um, like I said, the, the solution for the playground could be the Community Preservation Committee because that's uh, an area where recreation is something that uh, money can be spent on if some other criteria are met. So there are answers um, to questions and you don't want to get all the way to town meeting and, and try and we have a lot of people that don't understand how town meeting works. As Jim said, you know, we, we have certain things that we can and can't do at, at town meeting and you can't, you know, change uh, drastically any uh, article and you can't uh, you can't uh, go above the amount that's recommended in terms of a, a dollar amount. We can cut, but we can't go over is basically yeah. how it works. Um, so I wanna talk a little bit about expenses because we talked about revenue, we talked about capital and a couple of things I'm gonna ask for Jim to go back a time in history uh, because some of these expenses um, uh, that we pay for, um, People don't, I think, understand either, you know, how they came about or, you know, the why we have to do certain things. So, for example, Norwell has trash pickup. situate has a transfer station. We have a recycling center. Um, but trash has been a big issue. And I'm asking to go back to Norwell days, Jim, when we had, you know, our trash pickup. Unlike some cities and towns, used to be, um, what well, still is included in our. Taxes, um, but the reason we were able to do that was why. Like in other words, what was our what was our position relative to some of the other communities that couldn't do that?
2: So going back to when I was uh, in Norwell, Norwell was an original CMAS community, and CMAS is the waste to, uh, energy uh, station down in Rochester. They take the trash down there, they burn mm-hmm. it, and incinerate it, convert it to electricity. Uh, so their uh, disposal costs were capped. Uh, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, Pat, but mm-hmm. it was like $16 a ton, right. plus what they call change of laws. So every time the EPA said you had to change the uh, the emissions at the plant, that cost would get tacked on. So back then, um, Noah was paying about $34, $35 a ton to dispose of uh, the trash, mm-hmm. and the market rate was in the 90s. So Noah was paying about a third of what the market rate was. Uh, and then their contract was expiring. So the, uh, the cost of disposal went way up. I'm not sure what that went up to. That's like The Board of Health actually does that, but I think it went up into the 70s or the 80s mm-hmm. uh, per ton. Um, and so they went to uh, more recycling, and curbside recycling. Uh, situate uh, has the transfer station where residents can bring their recycling, can bring their trash. Uh, they have to pay for the trash bags uh, and, and drop it off, but we do not have a curbside. Uh, the big problem right now is uh, the the China storm, with uh, <laughs> the Chinese, uh, ironically, China is saying that our recyclables is uh, too dirty for them to take. Um, one of the issues with uh, single stream recycling. It Which is throwing, everything into, throwing one. everything into one big bin. Yeah. Uh, it increases the amount of stuff that goes to recycling, but it actually decreases the amount that can be recycled because uh, you get cross-contamination of paper and glass and things like that. Hmm. So uh, in situ, we haven't had really as much of a problem uh, except with the glass. So right now you just can't get rid of glass because the hauling costs uh, are so much. Hmm. So we are actually uh, have an issue at the special town meeting. We have to reconcile our transfer station because the cost of hauling has gone up, but um, the cost of trash disposal, the cost of recycling disposal, is is getting Going up real expensive, and a lot of towns have taken that out of um, the tax stream because it eats up a larger and larger portion every year, and put it outside, and people are responsible for their own. Right. So it's not when we, you know, when
1: people think of it, uh, it's not the actual contract to have a truck come around and pick up. It's to get rid of what it is. It's the yeah. disposal. Right. Um, okay, and the other um, so obviously you know the biggest piece um and again, I'm uh, Jim sort of said it earlier in um, which is unique to Massachusetts in Massachusetts the cities and towns also have the schools in their budget, but the schools usually get one line item that the, s- the town meeting votes, excuse me. <coughs> and then the school committee is what's in charge of spending that money. It's scoped through the superintendent, yeah. Right through the superintendent. So there. So once that number is voted, it goes there. Then the the next biggest thing is obviously you know just labor, payroll. Um, but the other thing that that's unique, not unique to cities and towns, but there's different ways of addressing it, is um, employee benefits cost. Right. So the the unique thing about cities and towns is uh, well a couple of things. One is that we still, um, most people that, well, almost all municipal employees are eligible for a pension or a defined benefit. Now they, they start to pay into it now, but um, they get a pension unlike a 401k and also um, health insurance, obviously, Jim. Right. So one of those, th- and that's been a bigger line item. Not only has it been a bigger line item, it's growing. It grows faster than obviously two and a half percent, but it grows faster than inflation. Um, so, Nobel just did something too, but what what has uh, Situate done just to address sort of the health? And then I'll talk about OPEB in a minute.
2: We only got 10 minutes. Yeah. So I'm not <laughs> sure we're going to get a lot of this done, but uh, you know health insurance is, uh, is a huge cost for cities and towns. Uh, mm-hmm. The law says that a city and town can pay no more than 90%, no less than 50% of an employee's health insurance, uh, situate as a 50-50 community. So you're at uh, the, you're we're at, at the, the minimum The minimum mm-hmm. that we can pay, um, but it is it is expensive as anybody who has health insurance. I think everybody does knows it goes up annually. It is expensive, healthcare is expensive. So, uh, you know, we do need some help on that. I think it's kind of unique on the health insurance side. Um, as opposed to the pension side. So if you work full-time, I work part-time, we both work 35 years for the town. When we retire, we get completely different pension benefits, but we get the same Same health health insurance benefit. Mm. Um, So uh, in terms of health insurance, Situate joined uh, the Maya Trust, the Mass Interlocal Insurance Agency. um, And that is a organization that covers cities and towns across the Commonwealth. Um, then they manage all our healthcare. They do a very good job. Our rates the last two years have been fairly good. Uh, rate increases. Um, they do spread some of the risk, but you are uh, for the most part- uh, Rated on your rated own. Rated on your own. But um, being part of a group helps that. Uh, the Town Situate received a award for wellness uh, this year for Maya. We spend a lot of time on wellness for the people who don't know what that is. That's encouraging employees to exercise. We do clinics on healthy eating. Um, they can do online yoga. Uh, there's all kinds of things that they can do to encourage employees to try to stay healthy and drive down healthcare costs. So we spend a lot of time as a, as a management team, reviewing our claims, looking at those, what are they, where are they from? Um, but healthcare is, a, is an issue and then, Pensions, um, pensions are governed, they're both governed by statute. We have to provide what the statute requires. Uh, Generally, if you work more than 20 hours a week, you're eligible for health insurance and you're eligible for, you pay into the pension fund. Uh, I think something unique about the pension fund that most people don't understand is, uh, as a full-time town employee, uh, when I retire, I will get a pension, but I will not get social security. Right. So most people, when they think of a pension, they think you're getting social security and a pension. Uh, I, I will not, uh, town employees, municipal state employees do not get social security. They only get the pension side of it. Um, but really the cost of those are also going up. Uh, it is getting better. Uh, employees now, Pat, you probably know better than I, to pay 11% mm-hmm. uh, and then 2% more on anything over 30,000. Awesome. Is it? 30 or 35, um, yep. You know, in the 1970s, employees were paying 5% of their salary for pensions. So they weren't even covering their own pension costs. Um, but most of those employees are retired, um, but that's leaving us now to, to OPEB costs, but we are on a plan to fully fund our pension obligations. And that'll be done. I think the county's have twenty twenty eight right now.
1: Hmm. And so what Jim mentioned is, so unlike, a, just like on the finance side, you know, we can't do what normal, um, employee, employers can do, you know, in other words, you know, moving money around or spending or taking out money without, you know, getting approval. Um, on the on the health, especially on the health side, but more on the pension side too, is um, the state regulations requ- set eligibility. So having people eligible for the same health insurance at 20 hours versus someone who works either 35 or 40, which you know most people would consider full time, um, is an issue. And that's mainly on the school side because there are a lot of you know sort of 20 or there used to be a lot of 19-hour <laughs> a week employees on the school yeah. side.
2: You see them on the town side too, and um, the issue though becomes uh, the candidates you get for a 19-hour position and the candidates you get from a 20-hour position are, are totally different. Different, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and people
1: know that. I mean, that's one of the ways to get insurance coverage is to you know work 19 hours a week uh, and get it at the uh, at the 50%. Now, 50%, like I said, situate's done done the most they can do on that side. Um, And the other thing that's unique about a municipality, um, most municipalities in Massachusetts, they've adopted uh, 32B Section 9, and they have to offer it to retirees. Correct. So... Normally, even though I, I work for a large publicly traded company, I could work there 30 years, retire. I'm not getting health insurance. I'm getting Medicare because I've paid right. into Social Security and Medicare. Um, but you have to offer a retiree. And the other thing is um, it's people think when we say that, they're like, oh, well, that means they're 65 and over. And that's not the case. Um, anyone with... Um, who is
2: pension eligible. So they would have to work a certain number of years. 55 Richard. years of age, 10 years of service, 20 years of service, any age makes you eligible to receive a pension.
1: Right, so you could start working at a city or town at age 18, retire at 38, and be eligible for a
2: pension and get health You're insurance. You're
1: not gonna get much of a pension, but you'd be able get, to get, health, get to health, insurance. health insurance, that's right. Which could be worth more
2: than a pension. Yeah, you can end up having to, to pay out of your pocket to cover the cost of that health insurance, but it's still less than going out and getting health insurance on your own. And we do At 65, we do switch employees over to Medicare, Medicare. Medicaid. That's required. If they're retired. Uh, if, they're- if they're retired, right. Um, What we're seeing now, and I'm sure you see it, is you have the employee will be retired, they'll turn 65. The spouse won't be. Their spouse (laughs) or their children now, because we have to cover the 26. Yeah. Uh, Their kids will not be. So now you instead of just having one plan going from uh, an active plan to a retiree plan, you have the retiree plan and an active plan because you still have to cover the spouse and the children.
1: Yes. Um, And then Jim, you mentioned an acronym that uh, most people don't understand, even some of the people who um, who deal with it every day. Um, the other unique thing about a city or a town, it's not unique because the public companies have to do this too, but they don't have the obligation, is you mentioned OPEB. Other post-employment benefits. Yes, so uh, how does that impact the city or town's finances? Like,
2: What is it? What do you have to do and why do we need to fund it? So other post-employment benefits are basically those other benefits that an employee gets when they retire aside from their pension, which in this case is health insurance. Right. So uh, it's kind of a real dull and and long-winded topic, but uh, what your OPEB liability is, is if everybody retired in the town had to come up with the money to pay all those people at once, that's what your liability is, Uh, and uh, we don't have a requirement right now that we have to fund OPEB from a funding standpoint, but in terms of our bond rating and our um, how we borrow money and stuff like that, the rating agencies are requiring that we do start dealing with our OPEB and putting money aside. Uh, the liability is huge. Uh, we put aside a certain percentage of the meals taxes into our OPEB every year. Uh, we need to do better than that. Uh, we need to update our OPEB policies so that when we pay off the pension, the pension money goes to OPEB as opposed to going back into the budget. Um, but it is it is a large number. It's something that cities, towns, and businesses um, mm-hmm.
0: uh,
2: just ignored for years. Uh, and now, uh, in the last five years, it's kind of come up on the radar screen that you need to start planning um, for your OPEB and your OPEB liability. I don't know too many towns except um, Cambridge one or, or two. Something. Cambridge, uh, Wellesley. Wellesley actually did a million dollar override to fully fund their uh, their OPEB um, hmm. obligation and they've fully funded their pension. So between the two of them, they're meeting their uh, what's called their act, their annual, retired contribution, uh, annual required contribution. Hmm. Uh, but there's probably less than a handful in the state that are fully meeting their OPEB. Uh, we are doing something about it in situ. I know Norwell. We started doing something when I was there, appropriating money, uh, and I think we put the entire meals tax in Norwell towards OPEB. Um, but uh, it is something that's gonna become more and more stringent as we go along and we'll have to find ways to, to meet that obligation. And
1: so how some people will say, well, it doesn't affect me, but what happens is, Jim sort of alluded to it is I always think of it like as a um you know, a credit score. Like to borrow for the senior center if that project gets approved, they're gonna look at the town finances and if you've got this big unfunded liability there, your your interest rate would be higher, be higher. Yeah, than it normally would be. So the fact of not funding one thing is going to impact the cost, the actual the true cost of the of funding senior center. Right. Um, and then, so you mentioned, uh, so health insurance is something that legislative, we, we've two things happen. One is the, the town has done what they can on the contributions. They've joined a pool, which is my other uh, mass municipal, their own trust fund. So you're in a pool, so you're spreading your risk. Um, but then you still have to comply with, like you said, all the laws. You have to cover everyone at 26. You have to cover early retirees. Mm-hmm. So there are people who could be no longer providing services to the town for up to, could be, you know, if they, even if they retire at 55, it could be 30 years. They're being where they're covered I, as I retiree. mean, even if they
2: retire in the 60s, they could be 25, 30 years um, that they get uh, pension and health insurance. Um, and then if they've taken care of it, their spouse can still get it afterwards. Right,
1: if they're a surviving spouse. So there are, and these are all legislative things, not the town has to comply with. Um, and then obviously in Massachusetts, we have a lot of mandates that we cover, which makes
2: insurance I mean, expensive. I saw somewhere that... Um, there was a state down south that was paying a surviving spouse of a Confederate war veteran until the 1950s. Because when he was in his 80s, he married an 18-year-old woman and she lived all that time and, and they were still covering it. So... You know, people are living longer um, and, and surviving, which is a good thing, but right. but that is adding to our costs. And, you know, I, I tell people, if you look at when social security was set up, when you look at when the state pension was set up, uh, you retire at 65 and the average lifespan was 66. <laughs> so, you know, you were paying in, but you weren't collecting forever. Now you're retiring at 60, 65 and you're living to 85, 90. Uh, and, and that puts a strain on the system.
1: Right, it's like social security. We've got fewer people paying in to cover the retirees. We Few have paying
2: in and people collecting longer, yeah.
1: Right, and we have some cities and towns that are bigger that have more retirees than active employees. Yeah. And that, that could happen and it, it makes, it, may, it doesn't,
2: sometimes it, it's hard to understand, but it does make, uh, it makes some sense. Right, and we uh, are in a, we're in a county system, so again, We use the power of of all that money to try to get better returns on our investment and and maximize that as best we can.
1: Um, So we have two minutes left, Jim, or actually one minute, 45 seconds if Tim's right. so get, I, I already gave all the announcements, but talk, uh, give the uh, parade uh, info again for our people because that's the most important thing.
2: Parade kicks it. off at one o'clock tomorrow. It goes right down First Parish. It's going to be a beautiful day. Uh, we encourage everybody to come, bring your families. It's a, it's just a great family event. Uh, young children, everybody loves it. We have bands and floats and, and uh, um, people throwing candy. So uh, your kids will love it. And uh, again, Town Meeting's the 8th of April, that's where we make our decision. So please show up at town meeting and, and participate. And if you're going to the parade in situate, you can park at Greenbush. Park at Greenbush and we'll have shuttle buses running down to Front Street where people can uh, catch the parade. Or get to Front Street early. Yeah, I'll get to Front Street early, that's right. Once you close it, you can't get in it out. Yeah, you're not gonna do that. Uh, last thing, um, so
1: next week, uh, Mike will be joined by Dave Turtelot for Reverse Mortgage Topic. And remember that on April 30th, McNair Financial will have a Social Security seminar at Caskin flaggin in Marshfield. And that's on April 30th. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate your Thanks for having me. Your uh, visit, and thanks to everyone else. And go to the parade tomorrow. Happy St. Patrick's Day.